I want to welcome you to Applaudable Perspectives. I'm sitting here with a colleague, a friend of mine that I admire greatly, Mayor Ken Moore, Dr. Ken Moore. Uh, Ken, thank you so much for, for being here. You've got a busy schedule, so I appreciate you taking time, and you got an election around the corner. So welcome to Applaudable Perspectives. Well, it's my pleasure to sit down with you, Pam, and uh, just have always enjoyed our conversations and working with you and just seeing how you're such a big part of our community. Well, thank you, Ken. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a retired orthopedic surgeon, but sort of where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And, and how did you end up where you are now? <laughs> well, uh, I think probably I need to or speak a little bit about my parents first because uh, we moved around quite a bit when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, my father worked for the Tennessee Valley Authority. And ah. So uh, in his job, they moved him pretty often for a while. And so uh, up until about fourth grade, I couldn't tell you how many places we lived. Wow. Uh, but uh, we settled in Donaldson okay. for about eight years. And that's when I, I went to grammar school and finished high school. And about the time I finished high school, my father was transferred to Chattanooga to be a part of the personnel department for TVA. And, huh. uh, so my reaction was, well, I planned on being a doctor, so I just started going to school. I immediately started college when I got out of high school and uh, just went straight through uh, every summer and then got medical school and went. It was a three year and three months program to get out of medical school. and Where did you go to school, Ken? Uh, I went to Tennessee Tech mm -hmm. or, uh, in Cookville, mm -hmm. uh, which was an interesting choice. My brother went there, mm -hmm. and uh, he happened to be president of the student body, so he had some influence on me. And I, was in, I got accepted to UT and Vanderbilt, mm -hmm. but I didn't have any money. I got offered a scholarship to play football at uh, Swanee, uh, but it was a partial scholarship, so, uh, you, know, I, you know, Destiny just kind of sent me where I ended up. Mm -hmm, so it, mm -hmm. it was a good experience. Uh, you know, Why did you decide orthopedics? What, why was that an area that you wanted to focus on? Um, you know, uh, it was a difficult choice, actually. Uh, you know, I had a great experience in medical school internship with urology. Mm -hmm. I like urology. I like some of the things they did. I love plastic surgery uh, and I love the kind of the mechanical aspect of orthopedic surgery. So I really did. It, it took me a while to decide and that's why I, whenever I finished my internship I went in my army for two years and mm -hmm. that kind of helped me refocus and so I focused on uh, becoming an orthopedic surgeon mm -hmm. and eventually a hand surgeon. So I kind of blended plastics and orthopedics mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. uh, and when did you retire? You, how, how long were you practicing? I practiced 28 years and three months. Uh, <laughs> how many days? <laughs> I didn't add up the days. Uh, and uh, practiced in Columbia, Columbia. Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a classmate of mine and I started the practice. He and I were in medical school together and had our residency at the same uh, program in Memphis at Campbell Clinic. Uh, I happened to uh, do a little research and some other things along the way, so he got a year ahead of me. Uh, and, and at that time, picking where you practiced was, you know, everybody went to the big city. Mm -hmm. And he and I had a little bit different vision that we wanted to be in a community 
a little smaller community and uh, we we went a number of different places looking and Columbia just happened to have the right uh, mix for us at that mm -hmm. time you know they were a growing uh, hospital mm -hmm. uh, had a big referral area uh, they they were starting to plan on building and so we I always like to say that our practice helped build a lot of that hospital mm -hmm. because we were both high volume surgeons and had a lot of patients and grew the practice into eventually nine different orthopedic surgeons and I think they still exist today. There are probably about 11 of them mm -hmm. now. Wow. Well, you guys, that's a wonderful legacy that you left. Uh, you know, you talk about legacy, uh, you know, that's never been a focus of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I tell my wife, Linda, I say, well, see that sign? I have no idea who that person is. And so I think it's just, I, I'm not focused on legacy. I'm focused mm -hmm. on doing what I think are the right things mm -hmm. and the things that I think God leads me to, to do and some of the things he puts in my way that I didn't anticipate at all. Mm -hmm. Just like being mayor, I never visioned being mayor of Franklin, Tennessee. How did that come about? Well, I got to be mayor because our former mayor resigned to become TDOT commissioner. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but you were alderman? No, you were I, I was alderman, alderman at large, yeah, at elected large. in 07. Well, why'd you but, run for office for alderman? <laughs> that, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking. So <laughs> I think it probably goes back to how I got into politics mm -hmm. to start with. And, and uh, I was president of Tennessee Orthopedic Society, and I had a call from the State Medical Society that they had some bills as far as scope of practice and infected orthopedic surgery. So that was my first introduction working on bills uh, with the General Assembly. And as you know, the General Assembly are two-year sessions. And mm -hmm. so over two years, we crafted three different scope of practice bills uh, on some pretty contentious issues uh, uh, for orthopedic surgeons, chiropractors, uh, podiatrists and physical therapists, all who wanted to expand their practices and what we felt was our territory. And so it was a good experience and, and probably one of the better lessons I ever learned because my first reaction whenever the lobbyists from the medical society uh, said this is what they wanted to do and I uh, said, well, and I'll just paraphrase, I says no. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, what's your fallback position? Mm -hmm. And that's been a good lesson for me ever since is because uh, it, the, life is about a lot of compromises. Sure. And mm -hmm. so no is not really necessarily a great answer every time. Mm -hmm. And so that taught me to Compromise. figure out where the common ground was. And mm -hmm. there was some common ground on these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, they felt just as strongly as I did. And, but we reached probably what were some of the best bills in the country at that time mm -hmm. uh, that we created. And Possibly I, even influenced other states, the bills. Oh, maybe. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. they were models for other states. Uh, then the other thing that happened is uh, uh, my wife's uh, family, her, her brother, uh, had gone to school with Lamar Alexander. Lamar decided mm -hmm. he was going to run for president. Mm -hmm. And Lamar called me and said, would you help me raise money among doctors? Well, uh, for people that don't know doctors' giving habits, they aren't necessarily the politicians. 
but I was very, very successful on raising money for mm-hmm. Lamar. And mm-hmm. so that kind of threw me into the campaign. Political realm. Mm-hmm. Political realm. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that. Helped uh, Senator Frist at that time uh, in his first campaign. Mm-hmm. I was one of his regional people, uh, and then got involved in uh, some state races and kind of learned the ropes of mm-hmm. campaigning. And mm-hmm. uh, met one of my still good friends, uh, Josh Brown, who was very uh, a real politico, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up being alderman. <laughs> Uh, just happened to be having breakfast with Josh, and he said they're having an alderman race in Franklin, uh, and and we'd lived here maybe uh, close to three years, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, he said you ought to run, and I said okay I'll run. Well, that was about the dumbest response I've ever done, I guess, because I didn't really know what an alderman did. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand city government. Uh, I didn't really understand that there were 14 people running for uh, four <laughs> spots. Uh, and uh, whenever I went to these debates and things starting out, these listening sessions, I found that, boy, these, there were some really, really smart people running. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had uh, people that helped me run. They had a lot of confidence uh, in me. And uh, we wore out a lot of shoe leather and knocking yeah. on doors. Mm-hmm. and. I think campaigning is a great experience. I mean, when I was campaigning, I was like, if I didn't win, there was a part of me that would have been extremely relieved. (laughs) And I thought just the experience of running, listening to people, doing debates, it stretches you. It gets you out of your comfort zone, you know, I think. Well, the thing I liked about the campaigning was the personal interaction Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. And it taught me to uh, listen. You know, of course, being an orthopedic surgeon or a doctor, a lot of what you do is just listen mm-hmm. and maybe have some questions, but the most important thing is you listen. They always told me in medical school, if you listen to the patient, they'll tell you what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true in, in everything we do mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. try to be a good listener and, mm-hmm. and also make sure that you're balanced in your response mm-hmm. uh, and not be quick to judge because of something somebody said or uh, the way they look way they act or mannerisms mm-hmm. you know uh, make sure you listen and try to get rid of that extraneous stuff that mm-hmm. may cause you to, to make a bad decision mm-hmm. so you got elected alderman what year 2007 2007 and then you became mayor in january of 2011 11 okay so and we've got an election around the corner what are some of the things that um you've learned as a mayor, I mean, you've touched on some of it, uh, and and maybe talk a little bit about your initiatives that you've been that I think are uniquely Kenmore. Uh, uh, well, that's a lot to ask all of a sudden. I think I'll start <laughs> with the initiatives because okay. uh, those are uh, all important to me, and I think one of the initiatives I'm very very proud of uh, that I got into accidentally is uh, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was coming back from a trip. Uh, is actually something to do with some of my leadership positions in orthopedics and reading the airline magazine. It listed the top 20 green cities in America. And of course, Franklin was nowhere on the list. Mm-hmm. So I was, I looked at it and I got, as soon as I got back, I, I got an appointment with uh, 
Mayor Schroer, and I said, John, look at this. We aren't even on the list. And in the typical John Schroer fashion, he just looked at me and said, good job for you. <laughs> and so that was kind of an accidental something. I stuck my foot in my mouth. And so I worked for about a year just talking to people and mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we uh, were fortunate to have uh, uh, some donated time from Johnson Controls who had a sustainability team that came in and helped us create uh, a community uh, plan. Mm -hmm. uh, took about a year to actually write that plan with a number of different committees working. And of course, uh, that's been a very successful initiative uh, where we you know, focused on saving money for the city, uh, being more efficient with uh, energy usage in our community. Uh, we have a bill that, I mean a resolution or an ordinance that requires buildings that we build be uh, uh, considered to be uh, LEED certified. certified. We're a LEED mm -hmm. certified city, city. one of mm -hmm. the first in the southeast. We have the recycling program. Mm -hmm. uh, the blue bin recycling. Mm -hmm. The blue bin started with curbside. So uh, all those initiatives uh, as far as sustainability, I'm very, very proud of. Uh, Columbia State, uh, you know, I, in my career, I had a lot of Columbia State nurses that I sure. worked with. And so it always had a special place in my heart uh, for Columbia State. And the new facility, it's not that new anymore, but oh my gosh, what, what an it's amazing. It's been 10 or 11 years. Yeah, uh, amazing. The, the presidency kind of changed about the time that, mm -hmm that my time slots were opening up. And so the new president was Dr. Smith, Janet Smith. And she and I hit it off and and uh, she, I, I told her, I said, Janet, your legacy will be building a new campus mm -hmm. in this city. And so she and I met with, I can't tell you how many people that had land that they wanted us to buy. Uh, I mean, we were just talking to a lot of people in, that, in the community and eventually uh, found where it is today and timing was good that the money came along and uh, great location off the interstate and mm -hmm. uh, I mean it, and it's already full They're absolutely another building mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I both have a passion for it so uh, you know we've, we've supported them and uh, on the wall over here is uh, where I I received the Chancellor's Award for my work with uh, Columbia State. So, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, so I was quite honest. I was actually a little surprised. I ended up late being to the meeting. And I didn't know I was getting an award, but I got one. So. We got a lot of awards. And, and you recently, Franklin, was recognized by the Tennessee Municipal League um, for something. Why don't you talk a little bit about the Fuller story, which was pretty brave, what we did. Well. That was an initiative that I got to participate in. Mm -hmm. That I didn't originate that initiative, but certainly uh, being mayor and working with my staff and then working with the group that created mm -hmm. the Fuller mm -hmm. Story was mm -hmm. an important initiative for us. And through that, yes, we got an award through the Tennessee Municipal League, but I think the it also was a significant part of being an all-American city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the you know great recognitions and Franklin because. So many reasons, you know, we get a lot of recognitions. Uh, Money Magazine, one of the mm -hmm. best places to live in America. Uh, you know, another thing, uh, you know, 
life just has a way of putting things in front of you. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that happened was the uh, uh, murders at Mother Emanuel AME Church in mm -hmm. Charleston. Mm -hmm. Horrible. And I knew the mayor at that of that city. Uh, I'd been to Char uh, Charleston, Charleston before. Uh, so I kind of knew the area a little bit. But when those murders occurred, Dr. Kenneth Hill called me and he says, we need to have, we're going to have a prayer vigil. We want you there. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Shorter Chapel AME Church mm -hmm. and uh, a number of other city leaders were there. And uh, Dr. Hill and I hit it off and uh, I shared with him a thought that I'd always had is that Franklin needs some type of prayer breakfast, like the governor's prayer mm -hmm. breakfast. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... He shared that vision, and uh, so we started talking and pulling people together to have a conversation about it, and what it evolved into was, yes, a prayer breakfast, but also an interfaith event. Exactly, interdenominational. And, mm -hmm. and, and so the idea that came out of the group was people really knowing who their neighbors are, mm -hmm. and what more important thing to concentrate on now when there's so many much polarization in our community and so much suspicion mm -hmm. uh, so you know we have uh, the Muslim faith represented uh, we have the Jewish faith represented uh, Catholic Catholic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Mormon or Church of Jesus Church Christ, Christ. Latter-day Saints mm -hmm. and other Christians uh, and then uh, African-American churches which you know, are so important in mm -hmm. our community. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've struggled for the last year because of the pandemic. We had a virtual, but what we found out, that was a blessing because we actually reached more people through our virtual event last year than we had reached before. Mm -hmm. And so this year we're trying to make a decision now how mm -hmm. we'll handle it. And uh, it's interesting this year the topic is Reuniting Williamson, mm -hmm. and then a Bible verse, Numbers 26 1. Mm -hmm. And what that says, just a little short snippet of it, it says, and after the plague. Ah. So, oh my gosh, uh, wow. And, and what we're trying to do is come up with some up, uplifting things that have mm -hmm. come out of this uh, uh, stressful time that mm -hmm. we've had. Or continue to experience mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so we have uh, uh, an interesting panel that we'll have there and some other speakers and when is this supposed to happen Ken October the 16th okay it's a Saturday so that's just off the quick top of my head I think it's October the 16th okay and where is it supposed to be It'll be at sure? the eastern flank if we okay. have it live and then uh, we'll have it in a tent outside um, so we're trying to make a decision whether mm -hmm. it would be virtual again or whether it would be live. Or maybe it, could be, or maybe it could be both. It could be a choice. It could be virtual and live and people that wanted to attend. And sure. That would be a good option. And, and we worked with the city to uh, record it. Uh, Stream it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of Eastern Flank and preservation issues, Eastern Flank was is a park. And so one of the things that your initiative is walking and exercise in linear parks and, and really connecting all of the parks throughout Franklin. So talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, Franklin Tomara uh, is a uh, 
nonprofit visioning organization here in Franklin, and uh, they've they've done so many things in our community. Mm -hmm. they came out of uh, leadership Franklin, Franklin. Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, uh, and one of the uh, initiatives that we have worked with them on was a healthier community. Governor Haslam designated Franklin as a pilot community for a healthier community, and so. I needed somebody to help me with that, so I approached uh, Franklin tomorrow, and so we partnered on it and ended up being recognized as one of nine healthier communities in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And we had four different initiatives in that. One was uh, obesity, mm -hmm. combating obesity. Two was uh, tobacco cessation. Mm -hmm. Three was activity, and four was mental health. Mm -hmm. And so that's how the the uh, Get Fit Franklin or Walk More with the Mayor kind of started. It mm -hmm. was part of that initiative to uh, uh, fulfill that portion. Uh, it seemed to work. I mean, we see people out and about all the time, and well, even in rainy weather, people are out walking and biking. And Well, a few years ago, they did a walkability index for our community. Mm -hmm. and I've got a lot of community pride, and we didn't score very well. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I went back to staff and I said, we need to do some sidewalk gap analysis. Mm -hmm. Where do we need sidewalks? And so about the same time, there was a community uh, survey that I think Franklin Tamar did. And one of the top things was connectivity and walkability in mm -hmm. their community. And so that's, that's kind of meshed very nicely there. And if anybody visits Franklin, you'll see all the construction and sidewalks that are being constructed right now all over Absolutely. into our gateways, which and looks a little messy right now, but at the end of the day, it's going to be spectacular. You know, people will be able to... Well, we think it's important for mm -hmm. people to be able to get out and mm -hmm. walk and mm -hmm. connect and... That's Meet their neighbors. It. Meet their neighbors. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of dog parks now, which is great, and with Mars involved, and so there's a lot, lot, well, a lot of great things happening. Got a music festival around the corner. Hopefully, it will come off. We're hoping. <laughs> Pilgrimage. Well, last I heard, it's, it's yeah, moving it's forward. It's moving and, forward. You know, there will be some requirements as far as uh, vaccination mm -hmm. or negative COVID test. And uh, so I wish them the best of luck on that. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, we're kind of at a phase right now with the pandemic that we're seeing the numbers back up like they were a year ago, high. A lot of hospitalizations, uh, but we're having to learn how to live with the virus because it's not going away mm -hmm. and it's going to be here for a while until uh, we get significant immunity in our community. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, immunity in our community. There's your slogan. Um, there's a slogan, and, and I'm a big believer in uh, vaccination, and that's... And mass. Uh, I'm a big believer in masks. Also, washing and, your hands. I mean, it's just it's common sense, really. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, it's sad that so much of it's gotten politicized. Yes, yes. And it's sad that uh, I, I'm not sure where people get some of these ideas about what medicines they want to take to prevent COVID. And you know, I know the one of them is a, a, a horseworming medicine mm -hmm. that uh, people have been talking about recently and. Interesting enough, the poison control centers have seen a lot of uh, adverse reactions mm. from that with uh, neurological problems, uh, uh, other symptoms of poisoning. So mm -hmm. uh, 
Well, everyone who's listening, you're listening from a medical doctor, so you are you're you're uh, speaking from a point of uh, of reference and and education. So, um, anything else that you'd like to add? Any any other initiatives? I mean, let's talk about getting people out to vote. What what, what well, day is uh, voting? I, I, we got would, early uh, voting getting ready to start. Not too. Well, I would encourage everybody to register to vote and get out and vote and get involved and mm-hmm. understand who the candidates are. But I, I, I really like to talk a bit about Find Hope Franklin. Please. Uh, Find Hope Franklin is a community initiative as far as mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of our citizens, Marianne Schroer, and I had a conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, Marianne is a, a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. And, told her my concern about suicide that I shared with Chief Faulkner mm-hmm. and uh, decided uh, after that conversation to create a, I call it a blue ribbon panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she helped me populate that uh, panel. Uh, and then we added some other folks, mental health professionals. and Refuge Center, I know is involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the faith community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we came together and with a facilitator tried to figure out how we wanted to focus on mental health. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up with uh, focusing on training our community and QPR, Question Persuade Refer, which mm-hmm. uh, we've trained 11 trainers that can do that. And so we're looking for community groups to train. And we've trained about 200 people thus far, even wow. during the pandemic. That's impressive. Uh, then uh, we uh, wanted to remove some of the stigma of mental, really? just talking about mental health. And mm-hmm. I, you know, the timing has been pretty good because the conversation about mental health has been elevated because of the pandemic, and mm-hmm. hopefully because of what we're doing. And you got bullying and cyberbullying, and and it, and I've read a stat that suicides are uh, unfortunately on the rise with younger kids which never happened before, and that's just... Well, that's that was really kind of the start with Chief Faulkner and mm-hmm. myself, is mm-hmm. that we were concerned about those teen suicides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we felt that there ought to be a good resource for people in our community, so we're working on a website that has what we think are the, some of the best resources. And then lastly, uh, mm-hmm. we found that Many mental health crises in our community end up in the back of a police car with two different places mm-hmm. they're going to go. They either go to jail, they go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. They go to the emergency room, they're there two or three days waiting disposition. If they're in the jail, none of those are good options. Mm-mm. So we're looking long range and trying to uh, uh, develop a crisis unit where people mm-hmm. could be taken and get into a continuum of care, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, attempted suicide or just any of the major psychiatric diagnosis, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, substance use disorders. So long term, we need one of those uh, uh, units. And there's some models. Training there. officers to recognize a mental health situation and not not elevate it, but to de-escalate. And that, that's a good point because mm-hmm. our police are trained specifically in de-escalation mm-hmm. and handle how to handle these situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just won't believe the situations our police mm-hmm. are drawn into. And most of the time, they have 
they don't know for sure what they're going to find. Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, and they're and they're working with adrenaline. I mean, they're they've gotten this call. I mean, you, you try to put yourself in the in the shoes of the officer, but also of the of the families that are involved in the crisis. I was on the bridges board for many many years, and um, obviously that continues to be a problem. Domestic violence. It is alive and well in Franklin, unfortunately, and some of it is mental health related and pandemic sparked because of uh, issues. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and we do have the have-nots in this town. You know, it is a wealthy community, but we have the have-nots that uh, I think we all need to be concerned with, and concerned with preservation, concerned with gentrification that's happening. I mean, it's difficult issues that not just Franklin's facing, but really the whole the whole country is. Well. People, uh, I'm glad you made that point because I think people think that everybody in Franklin's rich and our streets are gold. Mm-mm. Well, that's not true. We have lots of kids on school lunch programs. Mm-hmm. We have areas of our town where there's lots of poverty. We have homeless. Uh, absolutely, mm-hmm. we do, and we have a group that's working on that mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there's a very active Latino community mm-hmm. in our, our uh, town, and you know, you go there and visit with them and find that many of them don't speak English and many of them are very fearful of uh, deportation deportation mm-hmm. or ICE coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't work with ICE. No, no. Mm-hmm. So. And you work really closely with our county, county mayor, Rogers Anderson. I love my friend Rogers our, Anderson. My buddy, yeah. So. Um, I think that's what's unique about our county is that we all get along with each other. And that doesn't always happen. You have warring factions with city and county often. So uh, In other areas of the state, I hear about it. Yeah. So we're very, very blessed. That doesn't mean that we agree on every single issue. No. But mm-hmm. we're able to talk through it and, and reach conclusions. And we have to look at it because decisions that are made at a BOMA level affect our schools. And the schools are a county issue. And, and so we just have to see the interconnectedness. And I think you talked about it earlier about being a good listener, and I think what you do really well is you try. You try. You're not always successful, but you try to reach across the aisle. You, and you're not adversarial with people. Well, you know, I don't want Franklin government to be uh, partisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the potholes in our streets are not red or blue. Oh no. Uh, Picking up garbage is not red or blue. Uh, those things are important. We have to all work together to make these services work for our community. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anything to do with partisan politics, in my opinion. And I could probably guess party preference on my board, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not important for me to figure because I don't think it really comes into our voting. No, not at all, not at all. Anything else you'd like to add? I mean, I've got to say that one of the things I love about you, you are an avid golfer, and so you, you have the Mayor's Cup, but you and Linda love to travel, and, and you're always going to interesting, exotic places, <laughs> which I, 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 too, I too love to travel, you know, so. Uh, you know, Linda and I have always shared a, a passion for travel, and, you know, I had that passion when I was uh, retiring, and didn't know really what I was going to do. I thought I was going to do health policy in Washington, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out, so I ended up teaching in uh, Bhutan and uh, the next year in Ethiopia and 
So mm -hmm. Linda and I have shared some unusual travel experiences into some really different areas of the world. Mm -hmm. and, uh, hopefully we'll get back to a new normal and uh, be able to get back uh, in the airplane. And some well, you learn robots. so much when you travel. You know, it's like I love what Rick Steves says. You know, you if you don't travel, uh, you have a tendency to get insulated and a little fearful. So I think it's very important to travel and get out of our comfort zone. We'll travel throughout the U.S., but get to other countries. And the more exotic, the better. You know? Yeah. And, uh, so Linda and I were looking at Mongolia. Oh, interesting. And uh, we've had to cancel it twice, so I don't know if we'll ever make it to Mongolia, but that's a, a real unique travel experience. Yes, so, I guess so. And didn't I, you go to Africa? Weren't you in Africa, Africa a couple times? Yeah. Uh, to Kenya and mm -hmm. Tanzania. Mm -hmm. I spent about a month in Ethiopia myself, mm. uh, which is a unique country. Mm -hmm. uh, Never colonized. Uh, Never conquered would be mm -hmm. the way I would say. The mm -hmm. Italians tried, uh, but they failed. Mm -hmm. uh, but a great country with fabulous religious history. Mm -hmm. and, uh, maybe they have the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> uh, possibly. It, possibly. Possibly. And so I, I do get to go to Guatemala occasionally when the pandemic's not going. I work with a foundation that we have a hospital in Guatemala City that treats just with children. With Steve, right? With Steve Moore, mm -hmm. my another cohort, another mother. Co cohort in crime, a music person, yeah. Yeah, great guy, good yeah. friend, and uh, character. Mm -hmm. Well, I just love Franklin. I love the people of Franklin, and uh, just uh, every day I pinch myself and say, "Am I really in the best place to live in the world?" And I say, "Absolutely, mm -hmm. I am," and just. It's a fabulous place, a welcoming place, and I'm very fortunate that I have a beautiful wife that grew up here, and she said, I'm moving home when I said I was going to retire. Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? She says, I'm moving home. So <laughs> I think we both moved home. Well, you did a video a few years ago, which I loved. The happy video. <laughs> so a friend of mine said, you know, Ken just loves being mayor of Happy Town. <laughs> well, it is Happy Town. Yeah. Uh, we looked for a unique way to do our state of the city. And that year we came up with the happy video. And, and you've got your Pharrell Williams hat up there. <laughs> uh, we do. Yeah. And well, what people don't know about that, there were a few people that we invited to be part of it. Mm hmm but a number of those people, we just saw them on the street yeah. <laughs> and said, <laughs> told them what we were doing. And, and they jumped in uh, and we had a little tape recorder. We'd play Pharrell Williams' happy song and, you know, just get their reaction. It was so, fun. You should re, we should resend, send that out again because I think that would be really good for people right now to have a little uplift. Was, I, I like that idea. Yeah, it was such a contagious song. People loved it, but. And then Alinda had the hat on the very end. <laughs> so. Well, that, that's the part that everybody likes. <laughs> I think it's still floating around out there on the. Tell uh, Melissa internet. to do another reboot. I think it'd be great to get it out, just like a little like um, COVID kindness to yeah, send out. I'll, I'll mention that to her. Yeah, you could have it part of your mental health initiative. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it is very uplifting. Well. Ken Moore, thank you so much for making time and give Linda my best and enjoy your farm fresh eggs. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Pam. Thanks so again. Fun to talk to you. You as well. God bless. Bye bye.